It's four o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. You are listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nate Morris from Calvary Chapel Vale Valley up in the Vale Valley of Colorado, uh, taking your calls and your questions today. Uh, if you'd like to call us, you can call 303-690-3000, or you can text us today at 720-336-0897 with your questions. Once again, if you'd like to call with a question today, you can call 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. And um, just a beautiful day up here in the Vale area of Colorado. Um, just an amazing, amazing day outside. We're having some technical difficulties as we got the show started and kind of running around a little bit crazy, but uh, you know, the Lord is in all that and he pulled it all together today. So praising him for that. Uh, would love to have you call today. Once again, if you'd like to call us, you can call 303-690-3000 or you can text 720-336-0897. And yesterday at church, we were talking about uh, the fact that as believers in Jesus Christ, that the Lord has broken the chains that bind us. Um, oftentimes, we can uh, we can feel like we're bound up to sin or bound up to fear or worry or any of these things that come into our lives, and, and you honestly feel like you're stuck in it. Um, but the reality is that, that those chains were broken by Jesus on the cross 2,000 years ago, and they no longer hold you. And as a believer in Jesus, we actually have to go and pick those chains up to carry them anymore because he's removed them from us. He's cast our sins not only positionally, but practically as far as the east is from the west, and they're no longer ours. So um, just that idea of walking in the freedom that Christ has bought for us, really really a powerful concept, understanding the, the, the price that he paid bought us salvation and forgiveness, absolutely. It also bought us eternal life, uh, which is an amazing, amazing thing. But it also uh, bought us freedom here and now. It doesn't mean that you're never going to sin. Of course, we, we all mess up. We all fall short. But what it does mean is that we have freedom. We're no longer bound to sin. We are no longer a slave to our sin. Uh, in whatever form it may be that you struggle, it could be in addiction. It could be in um, bitterness towards somebody that hurts you. It could be in fear or worry. It could be uh, anything. And really the, the, the idea that the Lord has set us free, he's paid the price, he's broken the chains, and we belong to him. Um, so I hope that encourages you today. Just knowing that you have freedom in Jesus, you no longer have to walk in those things. Uh, once again, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nate Morris from Calvary Chapel, Vale Valley, taking your calls and your questions today. And uh, if you're ever here in Colorado um, and or up in the mountains in Colorado, we'd love to have you come visit us for services sometime. We have a services on Sundays at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 5.30 p.m., and would love to have you join us up in the Vale Valley. You can get more information on our website at ccvv.org. That's C as in Charlie, so ccv as in Victor, vv.org. Once again, if you'd like to call today with your calls or your questions, you can call us at 303-690-3000, or you can text 720 
336-0897. We've got open lines right now. So uh, anybody out there that's got a call, uh, a question that you've just been having on your mind and you haven't really quite ever had the, the, the time or the, the guts to make that call, um, we just encourage you to do that today. We've got open lines. We'd, we'd love to take your call. Once again, the phone number is 303-690-3000. Or you can text 720-336-0897. Okay, so I'm going to go to the text line. We've got a couple text questions here and uh, answer those. Once again, the, the lines are still open, though. If you'd like to call in, you can call 303-690-3000. So someone texted in this question that says, God sees the beginning from the end. So does this mean we have been chosen to be saved and that those that aren't saved can never be? Now this is a great question and really this gets into some theoretical uh, theology that, that we really can't know exactly how it all works out together. But the reality is that we have been chosen by God. It shows that in the scriptures that we've been chosen from before the foundation of the world and also yet that we have a responsibility to choose to follow God. And so we've been chosen, but we also have the responsibility to choose. And yes, God does see the end from the beginning, and he does know all things. And so uh, he knows who is going to choose him, who is not going to choose him. He knows what the, the outcome of that will be. Um, and so, you know, th there is an element of that there. But the reality is that um, those two things work together. And so just because God knows, you know, the, the end of that and what it looks like, it doesn't mean that, um, it doesn't mean that he doesn't allow us that choice in the midst of it. And so uh, the, the invitation to salvation is available to anybody and everyone who will come. It says, whoever will come, whoever will believe, believe with your mouth and confess, believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you will be saved. Now, how God sees and works all that out and the choosing and all that stuff, that, it's beyond our really ability to comprehend. But the reality is we are chosen and we do choose both at the same time. So I want to go to um, line one. We have Kelly from Longmont on the line. Kelly, welcome to the program. Hi. Um, Hi. I have a question. Sure. Um, I wanted to know if, it is, if it's biblical to... Um, ban a church member for a sin that they're committing until they, and then letting them come back when they um, repent? It's yeah. in um, 2 Corinthians 5, I think. Yeah, so uh, it depends on the context of what specifically um, we're talking about when we refer to a sin that someone's committing and banning someone uh, and what that looks like. But, you know, maybe in the, the situation that you're speaking of, um, it, it, it could be or it could not be, depending on the situation. But the reality is that um, it is biblical to see what we call church discipline. And church discipline is, you know, it, it's not, you know, something that's meant to be heavy-handed or anything like that. But the reality is, is that as believers, we're to hold each other to a standard that lifts each other up and points each other towards the Lord. And so when I see my brother or sister in Christ um, involved in something that's going to be destructive for them or destructive for the church, it's my responsibility to come alongside them and to point them towards Jesus. Um, and so um, 
the idea there is really it's for their benefit. And so the scripture where Paul is talking about, you know, kind of kicking that guy out of the fellowship, the idea was so that he understands the severity of the sin that he's involved in. Um, and so on some level, it is biblical. I, I, I don't know, maybe you can, without going into too much detail, maybe you can elaborate a little bit on the, the circumstances. Um, I went to a church for a long time who um, found out that one of the women in the church were um, fornicating, mm-hmm. and they had a church meeting um, and made, made sure that everybody um, knew that she wasn't allowed to come back until she repented, and I just didn't think that was right, because I thought it was em- embarrassing. Um, yeah. And I thought that it was doing more harm than it was doing good. Okay. Uh, and I don't know how much proof they had, but she was an older lady, too, and I just thought it was strange, and it sounded kind of like um, some of the false teaching, like Jehovah Witnesses or um, Mennonites or something like that. Yeah. So here's what I, here's here's a great section of scripture for you to look at when it comes to things like this, and this is really kind of the biblical model for dealing with someone who is in sin, and you find it in Matthew chapter 18, um, and in Matthew 18, this is Jesus speaking, and he you know says starting in verse 15, he mm-hmm. says, "Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you've gained your brother." But if not, if you will not hear, take one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. That's in Matthew chapter 18. Um, And so, so the model is, like in a situation like that, with someone that's your brother or sister in Christ that you know is in sin, that's in a, a, a situation that's hurting them ultimately, even if they don't realize it, yeah. The way that you handle this is you go to them, but just between the two of you, and you say, hey, I love you. I see that this is going on in your life, and I know that God wants better for you. And you kind of, it's, it's not really as much a confrontation as a loving intervention in their life. And then if they don't listen to you, and they, they kind of refuse to listen to you, and then you then you go and you might say, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to bring... The, one of the pastors in from our church and, and just say, I'm concerned about this person. I went and talked to them about this, but they're not listening to me. Would you come and talk with me, with them? And then the two of you, or maybe two or three, or maybe it's not a pastor, maybe it's you and two of the, your friends, other close friends that go and talk to them and sit down and say, hey, we're concerned about this in your life. Um, and then, you know, if they don't listen to them, then you bring it up to that next level. That's that's the biblical model. And so you can look at this with a situation like somebody, let's say that your close friend had an alcohol problem yeah. and they were an alcoholic and you went to them and said, I'm concerned about your drinking. I'm concerned that it's dangerous for you. I'm concerned about the decisions that you make when you're drinking and that you're drinking frequently and I have concerns. And so you said that to them and then they didn't listen to you. And then you go and grab two of their other friends that you're friends with, and you guys go together and talk to them. It, th- that's kind of the model. It's, it, it's that increasing level. So, yeah. um, you know, just when you find out that somebody committed some certain sin and taking it to the whole church, I, I would say that's not what you want to do, uh, because that is embarrassing, and that is... Um, yeah, they said that's what they did, that they did go twice before mm-hmm. they brought it to the church, but I just don't feel like they gave 
enough information. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Right and, me. and I don't know the situation. It would be, you yeah. know, it, for me, it would take... I don't either the whole situation. I think that would be helpful if they shared with everybody... Yeah, and I think if they're taking it to the whole church, that sharing the whole situation is probably appropriate. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, in those types of situations, you know, there has to be grace and love over the whole thing, you know? It, it's never confronting sin just to be, oh, you're a sinner, and this is a bad thing, and you're doing bad things. That's not the idea there. The idea behind caring for that person is not to, to judge the sin, but to love the sinner out of the sin that they're in, you know? Um, yeah. And so I think you have to be and very. I don't know whenever when can you let the person back if you don't you don't know when they repent only God knows. And yeah. Oh, so I don't know unless it's obvious. I mean, I think they will come and they'll apologize and they'll say that they're you know that they've changed or that they that they'd like to ask for forgiveness. You know, uh, some of those things I think would be evidence of that, but. The reality is, is like in that type of situation, for me, unless it's somebody that's in leadership in the church, it would take a whole lot for me to feel it was justified to bring somebody before the whole church and say, hey, this is what's going on and you're not allowed to talk to... I mean, it would be, that would be the last yeah. resort, like yeah. super I big take, deal. It would take a week or so. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Sure. No problem. Thank you for your call. Right. Thanks a lot. All right. Have a great day. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nate Morris from Calvary Chapel Vale Valley up in the mountains of Colorado taking your calls and your questions today. Uh, we are broadcasting live up and down the front range of Colorado, also on the East Coast, um, up New Jersey, Maryland, Pennsylvania, and also worldwide on gracefm.com and on the Grace FM app as well and taking your calls and your questions today. If you have any calls, uh, questions about the Bible, questions about religions, questions about God, um, please feel free to call in today. You can call us at 303-690-3000 or you can text 720-336-0897. And I'd like to go to uh, line two, Dakota. Dakota, welcome to the program. Hi. Um, so I, my question is, uh, it's never been, like, really clear to me, like, what in heaven, like, what's my, what's going to be my reward? Like, I've always heard that, like, I'm going to be rewarded at, when we are raptured or die. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like, the idea there is, like, as as we have served the Lord throughout our life and we enter into eternal life, uh, that we will be rewarded. And it does say that, you know, Paul talks about receiving the crown, the victor's crown, uh, and some of those things. And Jesus said, you know, great will be your reward in heaven. You know, in Matthew chapter five, he talks about, um, you know, in that saying that your, your, your reward will be great if you do certain things. Um, and, you know, there's a few places that talk about us receiving a crown um, specifically in Scripture. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and James chapter 1 and 1 Peter chapter 5, there's a few places that really talk about the crown that we will receive as believers. Um, but specifically what that reward is, we don't know exactly what it is. You know, we don't know the, the reality of it other than maybe it's a crown and we all cast down our crowns at the feet of the Lamb at one point. Um, you know, on, so uh, 
the, the specifics of it are not super clear from the scripture, but the idea is that as we honor and serve the Lord, um, we will be blessed and honored uh, in reward to the, the, the work in the way that we've served him here on earth. Um, so that, that reward comes to us at what's called the Bema seat of Christ, the judgment seat of Christ. And so j- just for clarification, there's a couple different judgments that we see in scripture. There's the great white throne judgment where that's, that's at the end and everybody's you know, judged for their works. And as believers, we are exempt from that judgment. And then there's what's called the, the, the Bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ. And that's a, a judgment where we are, d- the reward that we receive is determined by Jesus. Um, and you see that in Second Corinthians chapter five, but the idea there is that it, it is a reaping of what we've sown here on the earth, um, and so we receive that reward. Again, like I said, though I don't, we don't know exactly what that is, so it, it all depends on you know what heaven is like, and we don't know fully what that's going to be like either. We have a, a little bit of an idea from the scripture, but I mean, I can tell you if if he gave you ten tons of gold here on earth you might be excited about that right but in in heaven it says that they're going to pave the streets with gold so gold is like the equivalent of asphalt you know <laughs> so um so i i don't know i i think it, i think whatever it is it's going to be good you know um just oh, because go- sure. yeah just because just, go ahead like i, I wonder like because i know like we're gonna have like a like a position like serving the lord in heaven yeah. and um, I wonder like are we going to have like a higher or lower ranking mm-hmm. you know, do you like know what I mean yeah. if you were to like to sin less or more you know if, yeah. if he's going to put you like here with Jesus just ranking or like I don't know <laughs> yeah you know I, I think or, we see when when Paul talks about you know that the reality of our works being tested by fire, um, and that you know even those who have built on the foundation with with nothing they'll they'll receive you know salvation, but those who have built with 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 you know solid good materials in this life really sown into the kingdom instead of to the flesh, um, will that you know if their work stands the test of the fire they're going to be rewarded. And I think to a certain extent that will be authority and positions of authority. Um, you know, Jesus, you know, talked about the parable of the talents, those who took the talent that he, that the master gave them and hid it, you know, versus those who invested it and spent it for the kingdom. Um, so the idea there is, you know, we will receive that, that, that blessing and that reward. And some of that will be, you know, levels of authority. It says that we're going to reign with Jesus during the millennial kingdom, um, which is crazy because we're going to be essentially rulers over the earth at that time um and so i think on some level that's that's a very you know accurate way to look at it is that we some of that will be that i don't know if it's necessarily on sinning more or less as much as our serving the lord and honoring him and being kingdom minded while we're here on earth though um mm. kind of the, the way that we just, you know if, if we're faithful to share the gospel if we're faithful to serve um, to, to, to reach out to others, to love people well, uh, you know, at, for our good works, not necessarily just not doing bad works, but rewarded for our good works in that. Um, of course, you know, salvation being the free gift, but then building upon that foundation um, to, to, to see what the Lord does there. So, Okay, cool. 
Thank you. Yeah, I, I know. Sorry, I don't have an exact answer. You know, I wish I could tell you it's going to be this, this, and this, but um, but whatever yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be good. So. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I've just I've I've heard about it, so, and I've never had it like a really super clear answer, but this helps, though. <laughs> Thank you. Cool. Yeah, no problem. Not at all. Thanks for your call. Yeah, we'll see you around. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nate Morris from Calvary Chapel of Vale Valley taking your calls today. You can call us at 303-690-3000 or you can text 720-336-0897 with your questions. If you have questions about the Bible, questions about God, maybe you have questions about a cult that you've heard of or someone's approached you with an odd teaching uh, and you want to know if, if we recognize it or know what that, that has its roots in, I uh, would love to talk to you about those things. You can call us again at 303-690-3000 or text 720-336-0897. going to take a quick look here at the text line. We've got a few text messages that have come in. And let's see here. Uh, can you explain what the gift of mercy is? Okay, so just for a little bit of context about this person's uh, text that they sent in, the question they have uh, is specifically about this, what's listed as the spiritual gift of mercy. Um, and I think the idea here is that of someone being, just having that, that by the Holy Spirit, the gift, the, the spiritual gift given by the Holy Spirit of being incredibly um, merciful towards someone. You know, Jesus said, blessed are the merciful. Um, the idea there is really pouring out mercy upon somebody uh, and blessing them and, and, you know, being compassionate in your attitude and words and actions. And, you know, there's a sense in which we are all called to a mercy ministry. We're all called to sympathy. We're all called towards empathy and compassion towards others. But the idea of this gift of mercy, the spiritual gift of mercy, is above and beyond that. And it's someone who um, just is in their heart, led by the Holy Spirit. They see someone that's hurting. They see someone that's in need. They see someone that's broken over their sin or broken over a situation that they're in. And they come around and they just wrap them up in their arms and shower them with mercy and love and grace and just sharing that love of the Lord with them just as a part of the body. And you know, the idea behind spiritual gifts isn't, spiritual gifts aren't for us. When we receive a spiritual gift from the Lord, it's actually for the encouragement of the church, the encouragement of the body as a whole. So one person will have that gift of mercy and they can come in and meet that need when someone is just needing compassion and sympathy and love poured over them. Um, someone else might have the gift of exhortation, which is more of a challenging and a calling up, like a little bit of a swift kick to the pants. You know, we all need that every once in a while as well. And so um, the reason we have all these differing gifts that are given by the Holy Spirit is for the equipping of the church, for the, the, the edification of the church. And so mercy is definitely one of those. Um, and there, there are people that I, that I know that have just been incredibly merciful and they reach out in love and grace and just wrap up someone who's hurting. And it's amazing to witness just that, that love of the Lord poured out upon somebody. So that's the idea behind the gift of mercy there. 
Um, so once again, you're listening to Calvary Live. We've got open lines. I've got quite a few text questions, so I'll get through all of as many of those as I can here in just a second. But if, if you've got a question burning in your mind, we'd love to take it on the air as well. You can call us at 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. Once again, you can call us at 303 690 3000 or text 720-336-0897. Okay, let's take a look here. We've got another text question here. It says, hi, Pastor Nate, here's my question. So when we go to heaven, we won't feel any pain or sadness in the presence of the Lord, but most people have loved ones that are, are not saved and won't make it to heaven. We will be aware of the people that did not make it. So are we going to feel sad about that? This is a great, great question. And you know, I've had people um, talk about this idea and even maybe take this to a, a bit of an extreme here um, from this, this line of thinking. But the reality is that um, w- we, almost all of us, have loved ones that are not saved, that haven't placed their tr- trust in Jesus Christ and haven't received salvation and forgiveness. And as we go to heaven, the thought of us leaving them behind is incredibly painful. I mean, I, I feel that deep in my heart. I have several people in my family and in my friends that are not believers, and knowing that they're not going to be with me unless they put their trust in Jesus, it, it breaks my heart. It also sparks an urgency in my heart to share the gospel truth with them, but it, it does break my heart. It also breaks the heart of God. God doesn't want anyone to perish. It says that in the scriptures, but he wants all to come to repentance. And so, um, the, the thought of that is incredibly hurtful and painful. But the reality is that as we as believers go and are in the presence of the living God, everything else is just washed away. And it's nothing compared with the reality of being in the presence of God. And I can't comprehend not mourning and grieving over the fact that my loved ones won't be there. Um, and that there'll be an incredible pain and, and, and heartache at that point. But the reality is, is as the scriptures say, you know, he will wipe every tear from our eyes. There's no more pain, no more death. Um, so we'll have an awareness of that fact, but the, the reality of being in the presence of God will really kind of erase that from, from our, our reality as we're there. Uh, because it'll be so good and so amazing and it'll be as it was meant to be. And so um, I, I know that's something we can't really comprehend right now, but that's um, that's the reality of it. And so, you know, it says then that we, right now we know in part, and you know, but it says then we will know fully as we're fully known. And so as we have that understanding, um, we will come to this place of really grasping um, what the Lord's plan is and was in understanding that and being in a place of just really uh, trusting the Lord and knowing him and knowing fully. And so we will, you know, have an awareness of that, but I don't think that we'll be dwelling in a place of sadness, but of joy in the Lord. And so um, we're coming up here on the break, but I do want to go ahead and take uh, this next call. So um, Bianca on line one, Bianca, welcome to the program. How are you doing today? Hello, um, my question is, um, how are things supposed to be running the church as far as, like, if someone is afraid of 
giving their tithes and offerings because they feel like all they're doing is asking for money or whatever, although I know that there are a lot of churches that don't really ask for it that you can just mm-hmm. give voluntarily, but yeah, I mean, it does a person that attended church have the right to know what the money is being used for if they are having issues like that or yeah Bianca that's a great question we're coming up on the break so would you would you hang on the line for me in just a second and we'll I would love to talk about that a little bit more in depth after the break so can you just hang on just for a couple minutes for me Bianca all right okay great thank you Um, You're listening to Calvary Live. We're coming up here on the break just for a couple minutes here. And we'll be right back with you and we will talk about that. The idea of tithing and should we uh, have an awareness of where that money's going and what it's doing. Um, And we'll come back to that right after the break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Hello again. You are listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nate Morris from Calvary Chapel Vale Valley uh, in the mountains of Colorado, taking your calls and your questions today. Uh, If you have any questions, questions about the Bible, about God, about Jesus, um, about a cult that you know of, uh, you can feel free to call us today. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Once again, that is 303-690-3000. Or you can try our text line at 720-336-0897 and send your message in via text. So uh, we have Bianca on the line uh, from earlier. Bianca, are you still with us? I'm still here. Okay, thank you. Yeah, and Bianca, your question was about, um, you know, if someone is nervous about giving their money to the church uh, because they don't know how that money is being spent. Uh, is that correct? Correct. Okay. Yeah, so there's a couple of things. Um, you know, as far as the money that goes into the church and how that's spent, there's really, there's a couple different sides to this question. And so it's a really, it's a really good question because there are definitely churches that spend funds inappropriately. Um, Mm -hmm. And there are definitely churches that honor the Lord incredibly and multiply the work of the kingdom. And, you know, the, the church really is essentially a steward of the money that God brings in. And it's up to the right. leadership of that church as to and how they're going to lead it. I'm not going to say the church names, but one of a friend that I know goes to a church that she tells me that they ask for money, like how many of you can give a thousand dollars or two thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and people do it because. There are a lot of wealthy people in in that church, and so that's why I was kind of... I mean, I know in a sense that's probably not right to be asking for specific amounts in a ch- church, because then it wouldn't be a tither offering, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if this person were to go to another church, 
church, I mean, would they be able to have the right to know exactly what the money is being used for and all that? Well, you know, so so there's there's two sides of this. There's the biblical side and there's the legal side. Legally, um, someone who donates to a nonprofit organization, which in uh, the United States churches operate as nonprofit organizations, legally, someone does have the right to ask for a balance sheet from the church, which is you know details some some financial info, but it's pretty high level and it doesn't really tell you where the money's going, honestly. Um, biblically, the reality is, is we give as unto the Lord. And so yeah. from that sense, I, I think when we give to the Lord, we give uh, you no know, trusting the Lord to do what he wants to do with that money and, you know, trusting the Lord to lead the people that he's entrusted with that money. Um, if, if someone's at a church where they don't trust the leadership, I would say that they probably, you know, might want to look for a different church because they don't trust the leadership, not because they're afraid of how the money's being spent. Um, mm. and so if you, if you, if you're in a situation where you really, you don't trust the way that the leadership is spending money, there might be a deeper issue than whether the tithe is being spent appropriately or whether you can trust them to spend it appropriately. I think that, you know, as people we want to be in a situation in a church where we trust those who are in leadership to spend it appropriately and we don't have to have that question in our heart um, right. and really then when we give we give as unto the lord trusting that he's going to do what he wants to with it, it it's not um it's not the responsibility of a church member to determine whether or not it's being spent appropriately that's really the responsibility of those who have been entrusted with that stewardship so the leadership now as far as you said about you know asking for specific amounts i think it depends what they're asking for because I, you know i've seen there's situations where a church will fundraise for a certain thing they'll fundraise to send a missionary overseas or they'll fundraise to um, do a building campaign they're trying to they're trying to raise money for a building they say hey you know would you be willing to pledge a thousand dollars to help us get into this building um yeah. I don't think that's inappropriate. Uh, that's not really the way that I prefer to operate, honestly, but I don't think that's an inappropriate way to do it. On a no. weekly basis, however, if they're up there every week saying, we need money, we need this, we need that, I think there might be some deeper issues going on. Um, yeah, that's what this friend said, that they're doing it on a weekly basis. So. Okay, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I've heard of churches where the... Um, the pastor will, will say to those who are in the congregation, everybody hold up your tithe up in the air and, and you know, we're going to pray over it and hold your tithe up and some of that stuff. And then I, my thought is, well, what about those who get paid once a month and they didn't have a tithe that week? They gave their tithe the week before and then they're yeah. feeling guilty because they don't have it. You know, I think that giving is, is along the lines of the same thing that, that Jesus said with prayer, that we don't let our right hand know what our left hand is doing. And yeah. so... Um, we don't give to be seen, you know, we don't give so that people can, you know, so that we can have a nameplate on a, a wing of the building, you know, uh, we give because we're giving to the Lord. And so, um, you know, I, I think that a really great place to, to look to for that in the scripture is Second Corinthians chapter 9. And that's where we see the heart behind giving. And in Second Corinthians 9, 6, Paul says this, he says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So the idea is, you know, we give generously to the Lord, but then he goes on and says, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart, 
not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And so we give out of that overflow of our heart because we're worshiping the Lord with our money, not not grudgingly, not because somebody begged us to, not because we were guilted into it, but because we're worshiping the Lord. And so um, that's why I think kind of that working people up into giving on a weekly basis is not, to me, that's not the way that I would go about it. And I think that might point to some deeper issues in the church. Now, holding an offering, you know, where they pass the bag or something like that, that, that's, there's nothing wrong with any of that stuff at all. Yeah, it's just a matter of, you know, what's the heart behind the leadership of the church. And so if I was your friend, my question wouldn't be, well, wouldn't be so much a matter of, can I look at where this money's going as much as, okay, is the heart of this leadership focused on the kingdom or focused on the world? And what's what's really going on in this situation? Because it, it, it's not the the money going to a certain place is really more of a symptom of whatever's going on behind the scenes. And right. so, um, <laughs> I, I think that's really where our heart needs to be. Is you know, what's do I trust the leadership of this church? And if I trust the leadership of this church, then I'm going to trust my money as I give to the Lord that God has, you know, given them stewardship over it, and I'm going to trust them to honor the Lord with it. Does that make sense? We, yeah, it makes sense. Can we just do a really, really quick prayer before you get on to the next caller for all the churches that that are maybe having issues with stewardship in their churches? Because I know it happens all the time, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Let's definitely do it. And you know, it's been happening since Paul's day, too. You know, he talked about people preaching the gospel for dishonest gain. Um, and the cool thing was that even Paul said, you know, even though they're doing it, they're doing it for their own gain, I rejoice that the gospel's being, being preached. And so, um, so we're going to rejoice with that as well. But, but let's definitely, let's do pray, you know, and, and pray that, that all of our churches, my church and your church and, you know, all of them really have that heart to honor the Lord with the money that comes in. So let, let's bring that before the Lord mm-hmm. together. Lord, we just thank you for, um, thank you for Bianca and for her heart, for her friend. And just as there's some kind of potential red flags with the way that they're, you know, requesting money for, so frequently and doing different things, Lord, we just pray um, over that whole situation, Lord, pray that you give her friend wisdom and discernment um, and to know if that's a place that she should be, Lord, not because they're spending the money in such and such a way or whatever, but whether they're really seeking you in the leadership of that church, Lord, that's the important thing. And so, um, you know, Lord, if we're submitted and and coming under the leadership of the church that we're in, we should be able to trust them. And so um, I pray that if she's not in that spot, Lord, that you would just give her wisdom and show her if she should stay there or go somewhere else. And we do also just pray for wisdom um, for your church, Lord, your church worldwide as we do deal with worldly things like money and leases and rent and building purchases and salaries and all of those different things that come along with the operation of the church, Lord, would you guide your stewards to shepherd and, and lead faithfully with the funds that come in? Uh, and we trust you to do that, Lord, and we know that, that ultimately you work all things together for good, and so you will be glorified in it. Um, but we pray that it would be through those who want to honor you with those things, Lord. And so we lift this up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you for your call. That's a great question, Bianca. Thank you.
All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nate Morris from Calvary Chapel Vale Valley taking your calls and your questions today. And uh, if you're ever up in the mountains of Colorado, we'd love to have you come visit us for services sometime. We have Sunday morning services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. We also have a Sunday evening service at 5.30 p.m. And, you know, this summer we actually get... the blessing of having a really fun opportunity to do an outdoor service for eight weeks for our evening service uh, here at Calvary Chapel Vale Valley in the Riverwalk here in Edwards, Colorado, which is part of the Vale Valley. And uh, I think it's going to be a really great opportunity to reach out to our community, doing church outside, preaching the gospel in the open air. Uh, lots of people walking by as they walk down by the Riverwalk. And so really looking forward to that. But you can get more information about our services uh, on our website at uh, ccvv.org that's C is in Charlie so ccvv.org um, we'd love to have you come join us if you're in town maybe you're coming up for a weekend or you're up for a ski vacation uh, come and stop in for our service sometime we'd love to have you and uh, we ha- are taking your calls and questions today you can call us at 303-690-3000 or you can text at 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven. Once again, you can call three zero three six nine zero three thousand, or you can text seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Okay, someone texted in a question: uh, Why do ninety five percent of Americans claim to be Christians, but care more about eco- economy and politics than living their lives for God's glory instead? Um, 95%. I, I don't know if the statistics are quite 95%. I think it's somewhere around 80%. But you're right. A large majority of Americans do claim to be Christian. But I think that's that's where we need to see that there's a delineation. Just because someone claims to be a Christian doesn't mean that they are. You know, um, Even just because someone goes to church doesn't mean that they're a Christian. So I would say that most of the people that claim to be Christians don't actually go to church. Uh, and then I would say that not just because you go to church doesn't make you a Christian either. I mean, just because I stand in a garage, does that mean I'm a car? No, not at all. Um, to be a Christian means to have put your faith, your trust in Jesus Christ, knowing that he's your savior, that apart from him you are doomed um, to eternal destruction because of your sin. And only by the grace of Jesus Christ are you saved for eternal life uh, and given new life in him. And so that, that's what it means to be a Christian is to trust in Jesus Christ for your salvation. And so I would say that 80% of Americans do not do that. I would say the numbers are way, way, way lower than that, uh, that it's not an 85% number. Um, so when we think about that and the reality of that, uh, most, most, most people in America are not Christians. And even the ones that are Christians still struggle with this, you know, caring about economy and politics instead of the kingdom. And that's really when we just get our eyes and our minds on earthly things. And it's really easy to do, uh, even as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, getting our eyes on earthly things. And so uh, we have to constantly challenge ourselves to be remembering the kingdom and remembering that we are passing through this world, that we are not, um, we're not citizens here in the U.S. of A., even though we are. Uh, Our citizenship is in heaven. That's where our real citizenship is. And we're ambassadors of Jesus Christ as we are here on this earth. And so, um, you know, I think the, the, the statistics are a little bit off. 95% is definitely not uh, the reality about the numbers of people who are Christians. And then even the ones who do, it's really easy to get our minds on earthly things. So uh, we've got one line 
full and two lines open. You can call us today at 303-690-3000 or text 720-336-0897. And I'd like to go to Edgar on line one. Edgar, welcome to the program. Yeah, how are you doing? Uh, I was just calling because I had a question. Uh, me and my wife been going to, uh, like, we've been searching for God. We've been going to different uh, churches, but we just seem to that almost all the churches we go to, there's either uh, man-made rules to certain uh, circumstances on the way you dress or the way uh, your appearance look. And me and my wife were... Uh, and earn your salvation uh, walking with God just without a church? So, um, Edgar, I, church. I missed some of your question there. You know, I, I know you said that you were getting some man-made rules and then your phone cut out. Um, so can you repeat that second half of that? Yeah, me and my wife, uh, we attend, uh, there's usually, like, all the churches we go, there's either man-made rules that the Bible doesn't even talk about. And uh, we, me and my wife, like, is it possible to be saved without attending a church? And being right with God and communicating to Him without even attending a church? Yeah, so um, so that's a great question. That's a great question, Edgar. Thank you for your call and your question. I, I think that this is something that many of our listeners might have the same question. Um, and so uh, I'll answer it two ways. Um, one, yes, it is absolutely possible to be saved apart from being plugged into a church. Um, we're saved by one thing only, and that's by putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and the work that He did on the cross. But, but he commands us to be involved in the church. And so we can be saved, but the reality is when we're not plugged into a church, we're walking in disobedience to Jesus. And so we don't really want to do that either. You know what I mean? Can you be saved and not be a part of a church? Yes, but you're walking in disobedience to not do that. And so here's what I would say. I know that there are great churches out there, and I know that there are those that are not great. And so I think you mentioned like, clothing rules um, yeah, can, can you like turn your radio like, down it I'm sorry it seems like to every church we attend it's like there's man made rules in the fact that they tell you how to dress and certain things uh, like I, would, I know I took my daughter to this one and when she came back up she asked me she's like oh dad is it true that uh, the teacher put me as an example and said uh, oh, if you dress in that certain way or cut your hair in that certain way, you're not acceptable to God. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I just yeah. told my daughter, like, no, that's not true. And that that's what I mean by man-made rules. Like, right. there's no, like that's what, that's what I'm referring to. Yeah. Would you mind turning your radio down just for a second? I think I'm getting a little bit of uh, feedback there. But yeah, you know, Edgar... Um, yeah, I just turned it down. Okay, perfect. So I'm really sorry that, that, that you went through that. That's unfortunate. Um, Hello? But... Oh, can you hear me? There we go. There we go. Hello? Yep, can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you don't have to you don't have to be plugged into a church to be saved, but I'll tell you what, I know a great church in Greeley where you are. Um, there's a church called Calvary Chapel Greeley. And um, I know what they believe I and I know the pastor. Know the pastor. And he's a great guy. His name's Jeff Fix. Um so I would go check that one out. I think it's a great church. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd go check out Calvary Chapel Greeley. The pastor there, Pastor Jeff, you can tell him that I sent you there. He's actually the one that's going to be answering this this line tomorrow. So uh, he does this call-in show on, on Tuesdays from 4 to 5. And so if you listen in tomorrow, you'll hear him. 
Um, but he's a great guy. It's right there in Greeley, Calvary Chapel, Greeley. And I know, man, that you come as you are. You know, you come in whatever you're, you've got. You don't have to cut your hair a certain way. Those are man-made rules, and that's not what we would want to do according to the Bible. So uh, I'd highly recommend going and checking that out. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, we just had that, that question. Why? Because we're just like, oh, it just seems that. I mean, we've been believers for years, and, you know, we try to serve God right and try to do the right way, as the Bible says, but it seems like every place we go to, but I, I'm glad you referred me there, check it out and stuff, and I think I did visit once, and uh, it was really awesome. I think I know what you're telling me, and we're just, that's what we're craving for, something that's real, because it seems like nowadays it's just so like oh my gosh everywhere we go it's just like man-made rules the dress code or or certain things or money wise and it's just everything into my wife sees it the same way and sometimes i tell my wife maybe it's us that we're the ones that are wrong maybe we should be doing as what everybody else does in the church and follow what they're doing but i'm glad you uh, told me that so yeah. it, it gives me more like more set of mind more peace to look for an actual church where i know it's not yeah, I know God has a place for me, so yeah, I know absolutely. He's gonna lead me there. So yeah, and you know, and, and even if it's not the Calvary Chapel in Greeley, I know there are some other good churches up there as well. I don't know them off the top of my head, but I, you know, I know they're there, and so. Um, but I would start there. I'd go and you know, just go there and visit, and then go up and talk to Pastor Jeff, and just say, "Hey, Pastor Jeff, Pastor Nate, you know, um, from the radio, he he told me to to come and say hi to you, um, and tell him tell him what's been going on that you guys been getting some of that weirdness at other places. Don't don't let anybody hold a standard over you that's not in the Bible. Okay, um, that's not okay. something. So, um, you know, if it's not if it's not written in the scripture, you don't want to hold that standard. So, all right, all right, well. Thank you so much for your time, and I really appreciate it, and you have a great rest of your afternoon. All right. Thanks, you too, Edgar. Thanks for your call. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nate Morris from Calvary Chapel, Vale Valley, taking your calls today. You can call us at 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. And I'd like to go to line two, uh, Quest on the program from Colorado Springs. Quest, welcome to the program. Hello, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Good. I've been listening to you, and I had a couple questions. Um, one, I was kind of interested in on any resources that I could get that would help me be more equipped to uh, readily give somebody a qu answer to a question, kind of like what you guys are doing on here. Oh, yeah. You know, there's a really great, super simple resource that I highly recommend, um, and I agree with probably 99% of the answers that they give. And of course, there's things that we are going to disagree with other Christians on, and that's okay on certain levels. Um, and this group is called gotquestions.org. So if you go to the website, it's gotquestions.org. And actually, you can just go to their website, and they have a search bar, and you just type in the question that you have, and then it'll pop up with a list. And they've answered a, a, a large number of questions that you might have about the Bible or about cults or about any of that stuff. So um, gotquestions.org is a great resource. Um, there's a couple other ones that are out there that are good, too. Another one is uh, carm.org. It's Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, but the, the website is C-A-R-M. Um, 
he he and I might have a little bit more theological difference, but it's still you know it's still within the the realm of of biblical you know orthodox belief. So carm.org is another good resource. But really, I'd say my favorite one to refer people to is gotquestions.org. Perfect. Thank you. And I also had another few things. Um, when is I just heard you speaking about you guys having an outdoor service, and I was up at one with work a little while back, and I was just wondering when that was going to be. Yeah, we're going to be well we're going to be doing outdoor services um from June 25th through August 13th. So every Sunday night um from June 25th to August 13th. And so yeah, are you up here doing some construction work or what are you doing up here? I was, but I would uh, I enjoyed it so much. The service I did, I think it was through the Vale Calvary Chapel. Yeah. Uh and I would like to take a trip up there just to do that. Yeah, well, that'd be great. You should come join us. It'd be a lot of fun. Um, if you go on our website, you'll get more information. So that's ccvv.org. That's where to get the best information. Yeah, so C, so C is in Calvary. So ccvv.org. Um, and that's a great place to, to find the info for that. But June 25th through August 13th, we'll be doing outdoor services on Sunday nights. That's a Sunday night service. So uh, okay. it'll, it'll be at, we'll be having, you know, kind of community dinner at 5.30 and then the service will start at 6 o'clock and it's outdoors at the Riverwalk in Edwards, so. Okay, Riverwalk Edwards. Yeah. And um, can I ask for a little bit of prayer for, one, um, I've been through a, a rougher past, drug use and things like that, and I don't remember scripture and people's names. And, um, I mean, I do sometimes, I can study scripture and remember it, but I feel really bad when I meet somebody 30 times and I still can't remember the name or, or something like that. So I've been trying to like, I'll write a note down or, or pray for them or something like that. And it helps me. And, um, another thing is I've been going to two different Calvaries and I was going to Rocky mountain Calvary and Calvary worship center. And I couldn't quite uh, tell where the spirit was leading me and doors seemed to be opening more at one than the other. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of feel the prompting there, like, uh, what's going on with Bible studies and, men coming alongside me yeah and so i I guess i kind of already have that one under but just uh for help with the names and remembering i guess restoring the years the locust ate and my family yeah absolutely and you know um i know both of those pastors pastor al and pastor eric and they're those are both great great churches so i mean you you'd be you'd do well to be at either one of those churches so however the lord leads you in that you know just get plugged in one way or another that's what i would say you know and then with the other stuff let's definitely let's bring that before the lord right now lord i just thank you for quest and for um his his heart just to follow you lord for his for his desire to be able to have answers for questions that his friends and people have um and just you know he wants to be able to remember people's names and maybe some of that's affected by past drug use and lord thank you for redeeming him from that lord but we also pray that you would redeem his mind that you would restore his mind for that to be able to to minister in that way lord um that you'd free him up to be able to remember people's names to have a better memory for scripture memorization um, and Lord, in, in the meantime, would you just would you just uh, work in his, in his heart and give him methods that might help him be able to remember those things better uh, and work on those things, Lord? And so, uh, also pray for his family, Lord. Pray that you would just work powerfully there. And as you lead him and get him connected to the church that you'd like him to be a part of, Lord, would you just bring people around him that can come up and just absorb him into the family lord that he'd be a part of what you're doing there and plugged in and connected and so uh just thank you for his heart to follow you and pray all these things in jesus name 
Amen. Amen. God bless you, Pastor. Thank you guys very much for everything you do. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for your call. Great to talk to you. Yep. Bye. Bye. All right, you've been listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nate Morris, and I've been taking your calls and your questions today. We might have time for one more call. You can call us at 303-690-3000 or text 720-336-0897. And uh, I have a couple text questions here, actually several text questions. I'm going to try to get to a couple of them here. And it says, Hi, Grace FM. My local church I attend is predominantly an older crowd with only a few people in their 20s like myself. I volunteer with a youth group and attend our college Bible study. And in the past couple years, both groups have become very desolate and I feel the leaders are lacking majorly. How should I go about addressing the elders in my church? What can I do? And, you know, this this can tend to happen in older congregations and that, you know, uh, it's unfortunate that, that sometimes it's little things like style of worship or, um, you know, different little things can um, cr- create this type of atmosphere. But the reality is, is that ultimately, you know, we want a church that's diverse in age and gender and race and all that stuff where the, the, the body is being full, fully met in all aspects. And so uh, I would encourage you to just go talk to them and say, hey, I, you know, I, I'd really like to see some more young people. Um, what are some ways that we can do that? And maybe offer to even help with leading something like that or inviting people or starting a, a, an outreach group or something. Um, and pray about that. Maybe that's an opportunity that the Lord has shown you so that you can step in and fill that need. Um, and we'll definitely be praying for you to be able to have wisdom and discernment in that. Uh, but make sure you do it tenderly and in love and just kind of say, hey, I've noticed that, that we're, we're losing some people here and I'd like to see what I can do to help. Uh, that would be the way that I would approach it. So you've been listening to Calvary Live. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Pastor Nate Morris from Calvary Chapel, Vale Valley. And uh, tune in tomorrow. Pastor Jeff Figs from Greeley, Calvary Chapel Greeley, will be on the line at 4 p.m. All right, you all have a great night and God bless. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.